Rookie Designer, Episode 8. The Rookie Designer, with your host, Adam Hay. Let's take a look at the starting lineup. Today we're going to continue with part two of our mini-series, Getting the Job. And today we're going to be talking about putting together that perfect portfolio or demo reel. Two very key pieces in getting the job. Just want to hit on a few maintenance issues first off. Uh, you may have noticed that I didn't include an enhanced podcast with the last episode. And this is because, well, I'm kind of running out of bandwidth. I've got lots of things going on. I feel like I'm doing a hundred things at once. So really, I decided that only the shows that, that really need an enhanced podcast will, will get one. And those will include podcasts where I talk about a lot of different links and also those that may have a tip or tutorial that that would need screenshots or that screenshots would actually help enhance it. Those will be the ones that I make an enhanced podcast for. Otherwise, for these type of things where we're just kind of talking in, in broad topics or theories, probably not going to be making them and hopefully you won't miss out, miss that too much. The next show is going to be, of course, the final part of our mini series. And that one, we finally get to the interview process and things that go along with that. The forum release. Uh, I've been talking about this for a few weeks now, and you're probably wondering if it's ever going to happen, but I've, uh, I've contracted myself into finishing that by the, next, by the release of the next episode. So along with the next episode, we should have, we will have the forum release on the website as well as some other enhancements to the website. And finally... Uh, at the beginning of every month, I'm going to have to ask a favor of the listeners that they go to Podcast Alley and give me a vote for my show. You can also go to rookiedesigner.com, look on the right-hand panel, and there is a little icon there that says Podcast Alley Vote. That will actually take you right to the page where you vote. All you got to do is put in your email address, send it, it'll send you an email, click on the link, and you're all done. And this, this will help me out immensely. We actually, in November, were in the, in the education section, we were number 20. And that was only with four votes. So we can really get up in the top five, top three pretty easily with about 10 or 12 more votes. I already have a couple up there for December. But again, I mean, this just, this just helps our, our listenership. People see that. People search for education shows. And if we're in the top three, well, you know, maybe they're going to give us a listen. And again, the more listeners we have, the, the bigger, the broader our network of designers will be. So hopefully I'm not asking too much with that. Just give a vote if you have a couple of minutes, that's all it takes. And I'll leave it at that. Before we dive into today's installment, I just had something I wanted to share about the last one in which I was talking about making sure that you never have any misspellings or grammar errors on your resume or cover letter. Now, if you don't believe me that it's easy to overlook these things, I've kind of an embarrassing story to share. Shortly after I released that podcast, I received an email from a listener named Ron pointing out that I had a misspelling on my resume that's posted on my website. 
Well, as you can imagine, I was pretty embarrassed. After going off for 20 minutes about how you should never make these errors, I indeed had one on my own resume. Thank you, Ron, for pointing that out. I was able to fix it very quickly. But it just goes to show you, you need to make sure that the errors are eliminated. Make sure that you keep this updated all the time. I actually hadn't looked at my resume in quite some time, which was the problem. And just make sure everything's current. You never want to uh, put out a, a bad first impression by having such an easy, fixable error on your resume. Let's start the conversation today talking about portfolios. And portfolios can be a very important part of the interview process, but you might find that sometimes they're not important at all. It really depends on what the employer, what their preference is, what they're looking for. I've actually had a job interview before where they noticed that I had one with me, and it was kind of just out of uh, courtesy that they actually looked through it. So it can really go either way. Sometimes it's going to be a key component in the, in the interview. So you want to make sure that, that you've got a good thing going there just in case it is. So some of the portfolio dues. You want to keep your, your samples or your pieces very current. Uh, update it. Anytime you make something new that, that you think is good enough to go in the portfolio, make sure you put it in there. And at the same time, you should be taking some out. If you have mediocre work or, or just work that's not up to your, your current standard, then go ahead and take it out. You're not going to want to have a whole lot of pieces in there anyways. Make sure you organize it. And this can be done several different ways. Um, if, you're, if you're going for an industry-specific position, well, you might want to put in the pieces that directly relate to that. Say if you're going for a banking position and you've actually had quite a bit of experience with like brochures or flyers for banks, probably going to want to put those first and then move on to the other stuff that's not directly related. Some people also like to see media specific. Uh, if you're going for a more print position, then you're going to want to put those pieces in before, say, web or multimedia. And another way people might do it is chronologically. So you can kind of build on it, kind of tell the story of how you've grown as a designer. Uh, I wouldn't really recommend that one too much because you're going to want to you're going to want to wow the employer right off the bat. So you don't want to start with something that's super old or really not up to not up to par with where you're at now. Uh, it's good to tailor your pieces to the position that you're applying for. Uh, it's obviously not advantageous to put in web pieces if you're going for a job that has nothing to do with web. So make sure you swap out the pieces for each job interview that you're going to, to make it specific to the position you're applying for. If you can, spend some dough on your portfolio. It's, it's good to have a nice looking case. It's good to add professionalism and, and just add to the presentation of your whole portfolio. So a nice book or portfolio, some people actually have them printed into, say, a book style where the, where the pieces are laminated. I myself just have one of the big zipper portfolios. Uh, make sure that, that your pieces are mounted on like a blackboard, something thick, something sturdy. Perhaps have one sample that you can leave behind with the employer, just something for them to remember you by. And... Keep demo versions of brochures, CD covers. If you made a CD cover, maybe have it actually in the case, something that you can pull out, maybe keep in the pocket of your portfolio, pull it out and give it to the employer and let them hold it in their hands. 
it's always just a good thing to see things that way, but also have a version that's mounted on the Blackboard as well. Uh, if you're a website person, you can also have screenshots of your website and have those mounted. And also tear sheets if you've made magazine ads or anything that's been in a different publication. Um, get copies of the magazines. Uh, sometimes they'll send you the tear sheets just by themselves, but you can also just get copies of the magazines and tear your own out and mount those as well. Um, you're going to want to label the items. Some of the information you might put is the client that you made it for, your specific role in the project. Again, if, if you only did certain parts of the project, make sure you outline that. Make sure that you're not taking credit for everything. Um, software that you used. And it's good to have just a couple of things to share about the piece, maybe why it's important to you, or maybe, maybe it made you grow as a designer in some way. It's good to have a couple of things to point out, maybe not written down on there, but something that you can share with the employer while you're looking at it. It's also a good idea to create an e-portfolio. This is also something that you can leave behind, or if you have a business card to leave behind, you can have a website, point them to a website where they can look at your portfolio again and just see, see those pieces again. So you want to follow pretty much the same rules. Keep that updated as much as you can. Keep the current pieces in there and keep your best work in there. You can also add links and emails and add links to your resume. And one of the things I found on the, one of the websites that actually said have links to high-res samples. And I wasn't sure about this. this. This sounded kind of sketchy to me. In one way, it's kind of good. But in, in other ways, I mean, it's screen resolution. So when they look at it on the screen, it's, gonna, it's, it's only going to look as good as it does on the screen. So I'm not so, so sure that high-res is the best answer, because if they're going to print it out, you don't know what kind of printer they're going to print it out on, and it might not look that great. And it's just really a bad way to do it. You want your first impression to be good. So make sure that you do have the actual hard copy pieces to show them instead of instead of an option, you know, instead of option one being your e-portfolio and having them try and print it out or look at it on screen. You also be be careful about putting high-res images like that up on the web. You want to watermark them or something so that people can't steal them. Now for the don'ts of the portfolio. Don't include sloppy pieces. This seems like a pretty easy one, but you know, things happen sometimes. You don't want to have loose papers hanging out in there, things that aren't mounted like the rest of the pieces are. Um, you don't want to have damaged prints, any with like scuff marks or, or bent edges, bent corners. Just go ahead and keep that stuff out of there if you can. Don't include work that's not to your standards. We talked about this already. You want to have the best pieces. This, this is meant to wow the employer. The first piece they look at should be very, very good. And then, you know, on from there. And the last piece they look at should be one of your best pieces as well, because that's probably the one that they're going to remember because they looked at it last. This is all just to wow the employer. So you want to keep everything that's maybe kind of boring out of there. And if you have less pieces, that's fine. You just you you want to keep the employer interested the whole time. And with that, don't include too many pieces. Uh, 10 to 15 is pretty much what I've seen. Um, probably not good to go over 15. Under 10, 
Well, you could probably do that, but I wouldn't go too far under 10. You want to have something to show that you've actually been working on, on several projects. Don't show all your best work in, in the beginning or the end. Like I said before, you want to keep something good for the end, keep something good for the beginning, but also keep them interested throughout the whole thing. And don't take credit for that, for work that isn't yours. This is very key. Uh, you don't want to get in a situation where they think you can do something once you have the job or if you're testing for the job and you can't do it because that was actually something that someone else had done. So make sure you outline very specifically the, the roles and responsibilities that were yours, what you accomplished, what you can accomplish, and don't take credit for other people's work. On to the demo reels. Demo reel is, well, pretty much a portfolio for anyone who's going into any kind of movie editing, video editing, 3D animation work. It's kind of like your portfolio for, for those jobs. So a lot of the things are, are going to be kind of synonymous with the portfolio, but we're going to go through some do's and don'ts here. You want to keep your demo reel short, but somewhere between two and three minutes. If it goes anything beyond this, they're probably just going to get bored and eject the tape, even if it is good. I mean, they only need to see so much to, to know your talent level. For format, you want to keep it, for U.S. companies, it needs to be NTSC, and I would assume for other countries it would be PAL, since that is what they use. And you're going to want to record it on a VHS tape. It may sound a little weird in this day and age, but yes, they do still want VHS tapes. A couple of things that go along with uh, DVDs. Sometimes they don't always play in the players, or they usually play on most computers, but they don't always play in all DVD players. And with the computers, you know, they might be worried about certain viruses or just catching things off of your disc and, and not want to put it in. So make sure it's a VHS tape so they can just pop it in and watch it. Uh, you should clearly label your tape. Some people like to put uh, some kind of logo or a memorable screenshot from the actual demo just as a way to remind them what was on the tape. And of course, you're going to want your contact info on there. You want to send to companies that are hiring, obviously, but also send to companies that aren't hiring because they can watch it too. And if they really like it, they'll file it away. And most companies, I believe, have to keep these things for about a year. So they'll file it away. And if it was something, there was something that caught their eye on there, well, they may remember you when they do start hiring. So don't be afraid to send to companies that, that aren't necessarily hiring right at that time. Uh, send the tape again if you've had major improvements to it. If you've come up with something that's much better and you, you do want to do this, you want to keep it updated just like the portfolio. When you do things that are good, um, make sure you put them on there and update it. And it's a good time to send it back to the company somewhat as a reminder, but also because you obviously have improvements to your demo reel. It's a good idea to use a professional five minute VHS tape for your demo reel as opposed to the grocery store bought three hour tape. And you certainly never want to use an old VHS tape that you have laying around the house. You certainly don't want any kind of snow on the beginning of your demo, and you don't want the end of it to fade into an old episode of Golden Girls. So just keep that in mind. You want to include a log sheet with your demo reel that explains what your roles and responsibilities were for each of the pieces, uh, maybe names for the pieces, 
and software that you used, those certain type of things, kind of like the portfolio. You want to you want to give an outline of what you did, how you did it, just so they have a good idea of, of what's going on there. And always send your demo reel with a resume and a cover letter. You never want to just send the demo reel by itself. That's not enough. Start with some of your best work. You got to wow them into making them want to watch it. I kind of relate this to being in a band. When a band sends in a demo to a label trying to get signed, it's pretty much the same thing. You're going to get one shot. And that shot is your first song. And usually the first song they listen to about the first 30 seconds. So you got to make sure that first 30 seconds is the best 30 seconds they've ever heard in their life. You want to get to the chorus quickly, whatever it is, just get to that hook so that they keep listening. Well, in the same way with your demo reel, you're doing the same thing. The first thing they see has to wow them so much that they're going to be compelled to watch the rest of your demo. You're also going to want to include one of your best shots at the very end of your demo. Just like in the portfolio, this is going to be the last thing they see and probably one of the things they take away with them. So you want to leave a, a good impression. It's good to include a head and tail slate with your contact info. Again, it also does need to be on the outside of the tape, but it never hurts to drill that information into, into their head. Keep your reel current and keep it good. Don't include subpar work. The idea is to wow the employer. So you want to make sure that it's action-packed throughout the whole demo. A couple of things you don't want to do. Don't send your masters or originals. Always send your copies in. Don't shrink wrap your tape. You, you may think this makes it look more professional, but it's really just annoying to them. Don't send the same tape six months later. We talked about adding new content and then sending it back, but don't send them the same tape. They've seen it, they'll remember it, it'll be annoying to them. Again, don't claim work that's not yours. You don't want to be in a situation where they expect you to do things that were on the tape and you're not the one that did them. Don't use loud or obnoxious or annoying music. This is just going to, well, it's going to annoy them. It's going to make them not want to watch the tape, even if your work is good, good enough to watch. You're going to want to minimize or completely eliminate anything that has to do with erotica, violence, or other kinds of negative material. Uh, this one can kind of go either way. You just kind of got to judge it by the company that, that you're applying to. Obviously, some companies will be more accepting of these types of things, but just use your best judgment on that. Don't use flying logos. Like I said before, just a, a simple slate with your contact info is good. You don't want to waste time by putting in, in logos or things that they don't necessarily need to see or want to see. You don't need color bars in it, and you don't want to have 30 seconds of black at the beginning. You want to jump right into it, Maybe just like five seconds of black and then jump into your whole presentation there. The whole idea is to make them not eject the tape before they watch the whole thing. Don't repeat shots. If they want to see something again, they'll rewind it. They can decide what's important. You shouldn't try and do it for them. Don't separate shots with titles or black. Or if you are going to separate them with black, it should be a very quick fade or just like 10, 10 frames of black. Again, keeping the viewer interest is the most important thing here. Don't include entire short films. Even if you think you got a, a pure gold film, 
they're probably not going to be interested enough to watch a whole film. You can, if you would like, do your whole demo, and then at the end of that, maybe invite them to watch the film and have it after that. But I would say that's probably the only way to do that. You, you definitely don't want to make your whole demo a short three-minute film. They want to see a broad range of what you can do, not just one certain thing. And try and stay away from using tutorials as part of your demo reel. Most of these people have seen these tutorials. We're talking about 3D modeling uh, in, in Maya. There are certain things that they always use as their objects when you're doing tutorials, and they're probably going to recognize these things. Now, if you are going for an animation position and you're not necessarily that good at modeling things, it is okay to use other people's models. Just make sure that you point out the fact that you were indeed using someone else's work to enhance your own. Now, that's what I call a rookie mistake. Our rookie mistake tip, actually I think is not so much a mistake, but really just a, an issue of confidence. Now you've put all your best work into your portfolio or your demo reel, and you really need to have confidence in, in the work that you've done. When you're showing it to the employer, you want to really stand behind your work. You, you don't want to be apologizing for anything. You know, if, if a client didn't give you a certain extravagant job that, that shows lots of special skills, well, that's, that's what you have to work with. Now, you can go ahead and do other projects, just make them up if you do want to get those skills out there and be able to show them to the employer. But if you don't have time to do that and you're just going off of the work that you've actually done for clients, that's okay too. Just make sure you stand behind your work. I think most employers are going to understand that there, there is going to be a growing process. You are going to get better as you work. And they don't expect you to be, you know, the superstar right when you get hired. Things are getting a bit out of hand. Looks like it's time to go to the bullpen. Today we actually have two up and throwing in the bullpen, and instead of just regular websites as I have been doing, I thought I'd add a couple of podcasts that I've recently found that I thought would be good. Both of these have to do with Photoshop. The first one is called Two Minute Photoshop Tricks, and this one actually has the potential to be a lot better and should be soon. The host of that show claims that he's making enough money to, to buy a new application to be able to make it a video podcast. And once he does so, it's, this one is going to be very good. As it is now, it's only audio, so you really have to follow the steps closely to make sure that you don't miss anything. So it's a little more difficult that way. The second one is called One Minute Tips, and this is also Photoshop Tutorials, and this one is a video podcast. So obviously it makes it much easier to follow along because you can actually see screenshots, actually video of him going through the application and doing what needs to be done for the certain tips that he's pointing out. These can both be found by going to the iTunes store under podcasts and searching for each of those names. That's about all we have for today. Again, with the next episode release, we will be having some enhancements to the website. 
as well as the forum. And, well, I guess I'll be talking to you next time when we will finish out our mini-series of Getting the Job. That one's high. It's got the distance. It's out of here.